looking for a podcast about nothing, then you are definitely in the right spot. Join Ross Peterson and Mark Charter each week as they discuss life, current events, and the things you are not allowed to talk about at work. Okay, hang on, because here we go. This is Ross and Mark, Jump the Shark. Jump the Shark is sponsored by Charterhouse Real Estate. Charterhouse can help you save thousands when you sell, and we can help you buy your next home as well. Google Charterhouse to see hundreds of great reviews or learn more about us at charterhouseiowa.com. Now here is the show. And with that, Ross, we say welcome. I hope you're going to put the real audio in over that. To jump, lo- <laughs> to jump the shark. <laughs> What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm glad to be back. It's uh, it's always fun to, to sit down with you here, man. We have got a title. So people are saying, what the hell did Mark just play? Ross, that, you- that was from, that was the, uh, I mean, Jump the Shark is, was originated by, uh, Happy days, right? I mean, this is Fonzie. That exact scene. Yeah, that is. I mean, and it because we had KK in the office. And she's like, "What the hell does that even mean?" Like, well, it and we said we'd explain it. So once gone you, over the top. Once you once you name a show that no one understands why you named it that, I think you probably owe a little bit of an explanation for that. So that scene was from Happy Days. Um, I have no idea what year that would have been, but Fonz is in uh, some short shorts. How to, Fonzie was a character, the Fonz on that show for all our young listeners. I have no idea what we're talking about. Fonzie was wearing short shorts and a, G, and a leather and jacket. A, and a leather jacket. Yeah. And he literally goes over a, a ramp on water skis and there's a shark swimming around. So on this series, which was an incredibly popular series, uh, our parents probably loved Happy Days back in the day. Um, they, uh, uh, during the show, I think they had run out of ideas. Yeah, so they literally jumped the shark. And it so, was, it's, it's become a metaphor now for... It's synonymous with right. shows that kind of have, have run their course and they're out of ideas and they go in crazy directions or they don't know what they're doing or they've gone off the rails, etc. So I started to think... We all uh, remember when Family Matters had uh, Steve Urkel become Stefan Urkel. <laughs> right? <laughs> He did the, you know what I'm talking about? That sounds vaguely familiar he to me. He created a time machine. Oh, was it a time machine? Did he become cool? Yes. Yeah, he became like yeah, super cool. Stefan Urkel. He yeah. wasn't Steve Urkel anymore. Yep. Yep. That was their jump the shark moment. So there's been plenty. So the, the point of the show, uh, other than it rhymes, which is great, Ross and Mark jump the shark. And you can just is that call how you it, came up with it? Yeah, I think okay. so. You All can right. just call it jump the shark. If Whatever. you want, that's fine. I said instead of fans, we've got fins. You know, well, there's, there's, there's all sorts of things we can do. The first time someone says, because this happened on the podcast a lot, when are you guys going to do a meetup? You know, we should do a meetup. We should have some beers. I said we can have one. It's, of course, going to be called Shark Meat. That's what's going to see. I see what you're doing here. All I, right, I like I, it. I don't have the drum roll for that yeah, one, unfortunately. Yeah, that did You know that whole thing. So, in a nutshell, jump the shark means uh, tune in each week because you don't know where we're going with this thing. In fact, we don't always. <laughs> know where we're going to go well with this know, either I, i've always got an idea that we could uh that we could just debate that's usually considered stupid or uh or off the wall or probably even jump the sharky you know we can uh we can debate why i don't like uh john wayne or muhammad ali or why i think uh people shouldn't be buried and we can do all those things you don't this like is, john wayne no iowan yeah what's the bad actor what's what's the issue no, he just was he was an actor he was he wasn't a hero Oh, and we make on. him... What? I'm not making him out to be a hero. Oh, people make John Wayne out to be a hero. I mean, True Grit was a good movie. He's right. not a hero right. because but of people, it. But people think when they hear John Wayne, they think of something much bigger than See, a guy you're, that you're, was an you're, actor. You're, you're lumping people together now. Yeah. You're like all Trump supporters no, are, no, no, are no. stupid, now, Ross. No, no, no. Who are I'm these just, people I'm just talking about? 
you don't agree that there are people that think John Wayne is an American hero? Not anywhere to the extent that I would put Elvis in that category. Oh, where you're, he's a oh you're nuts. You're, you're nuts. John Wayne absolutely has All that. Right. Well, that don't same. at me, bro. Just yeah. prove, me, <laughs> prove me wrong. Yeah, John Wayne has a huge... and I'm just, More so than Elvis? Not more so, but definitely that type of cult following. I mean, I mean like, the guy's here, probably been on a stamp, here so we is, can say he's a cult icon. Just a few weeks ago, on Monday night at 4 o'clock... That's afternoon, by the way. Murph and... Or, I'm sorry, WHO-TV ran a half-hour special about the Duke. On like Monday at on a, 4? On a Monday evening, on a Monday afternoon at, like, prime time, WHO-TV like ran, ran a special about what an amazing man John Wayne was. And I just, it's a, it's shocking to me. No, no was, I don't want to put out an, an incorrect narrative here, but hasn't there been some stuff about him being kind of racist recently well, that's come there's, out? I mean, again, it's a, a different era. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a complicated guy. So where does your hatred of the man come from? Just from the idea that people make him out to be this great American hero. He didn't serve in the military. He gets a lot of credit for being, All right. All right. you know, this, uh, so, and, and, it just, I don't know, just it's always bothered me. So give me someone from. else of his ilk that you think deserves the fanfare that they get. That is deserving of it? Yeah, so well, someone, someone that's any, not a hero. There wouldn't be we're, any actors. We're talking actors, etc. Like uh, Audie Murphy would be the name, right? You know who Audie Murphy is. Do you know that name? Uh, the, know the, the, no, the, and Nate, no. The, the name. Nate, you know Audie. Oh, Nate's a military guy. Yeah, that's the why name, Nate knows yes, Audie but Murphy. why? Why do I know it? Audie Murphy is the most decorated soldier of World War II. Okay. And he actually was, did come back to be an actor. He was in a movie, but it, uh, it, it, the mental trauma of all the things he'd done in World War II ended up catching up with him before we understood what PTSD was. Is there any link to the Murph, the workout in this guy? Or completely unrelated? No. Nate, Nate in the background says no. What there's, a, there's a military style workout that CrossFit gyms do called the Murph. The Murph. No, uh, no, Audie Murphy was, uh, this would have been before CrossFit was a thing. Well, yeah, in <laughs> honor of him, Ross, many years later. Uh, Nate's the military expert in the room. He says no. Okay. Uh, apparently lone, another another military guy named uh, A lone Murphy survivor, thing. one of the guys that was part of Lone Survivor with Marcus Luttrell. Yeah. What's his name? Cool. Um, no, I've never, I guess I've never given two thoughts to John Wayne or the Duke. I did hear, I believe, and this probably tied into some racism, there's John Wayne Airport in California, and I think there was some scuttlebutt about renaming that thing. Yeah, I imagine that's something that'll be addressed at some point. You have a feeling we're going to have a lot of things renamed in our future. there there will be. Right. They're just going to call everything Black Phoenix. (laughs) That's a shout-out to a buddy of mine that's, uh, well, buddy. I'm not going to say the word buddy, but a friend, a friend in real estate, uh, and the name he chose for his group, so... Anyway, hopefully he's writing an offer on one of my properties, so we won't go down that road. Um, speaking of properties, Ross, you, my friend, got your feet wet this week, or the, the relatively recently, we'll say. Now, before everyone says Ross doesn't have his license yet and turns you into the commission, uh, <laughs> I, I was there. Yeah. I, was, I was the one doing a showing, but they went uh, we, we've, we've, we've looked at a house together. We met a potential buyer together. Um, you can officially say you're, you've, you've started on your journey. You're not far away from the test. Right. Uh, recap people for people, your real estate career, because you're in one right now, although your license is not yet here. Yeah, this was something that was covered in our ethics training that I had to do was that you can... And they encouraged everybody in the class, start doing this. Start Get your Facebook page out there. Let people sure. know that you're doing this thing and start trying to build some sort of clientele and, and client base. And I had put out a thing on Facebook a couple weeks ago that said I was doing this thing and had a couple friends reach out to me. We had a guy that listens to this program that, uh, that reached out and said, hey, I'd like to start looking at houses and start figuring out this process. So, yeah, we met, uh, met with one buyer, already showed her a house. You were with me for that. I think I'm going to get Nate to help me out this weekend, and we're going to continue the process with that buyer. Just got an email from uh, the gentleman we met yesterday. Mm -hmm. He kind of gave me his list of needs and wants, so I'm going to have somebody in the office here help me out with the MLS and start putting putting some properties together for him and, and move down the road. There also, it's uh, I'm excited, man. This is it's been a lot of fun. I'm nervous at the same time because there's so much stuff to learn. I'm trying not to fall into, um, man. There is this, uh, there's this thing that happens. We've talked about it on your show before, and I can't now for I can't for life me remember what the name of this 
phenomena that happens in everybody's brain. When you start to learn about a subject, your brain tricks yourself into thinking you know it all. It's so weird. And, and ah, gosh, I wish I could remember the name. I'll come up with it over here in the, before we're done. But it's, uh, the idea is in a college classroom, if you were to poll all, you have 100 kids, and you said, who, where do you think you're going to end? When we, when we test everybody, where do you think you're going to be? Inevitably, the bottom 5% project themselves to be much higher than the bottom five. Because you think, when you know very little about something, mm -hmm. something in your brain tricks you into thinking you know it all. And then all of a sudden you learn a little bit more and your eyes open up to the big world that you're, that you're actually in. And that's, I'm, I'm, I'm to that point. The classes and everything prepare you for that idea that, man, you've just got to do this for a couple of years before you even feel like you are comfortable doing it. And, I, and everybody I've talked to has said the same thing. So I think some people are, uh, you know, duck to water. I mean, you, you do something new for a career path and it just clicks. That might be the case for you. Just click super early. I think Hope it so. has a lot to do with who's helping you, who's, who's around you, who's teaching you. Um, obviously, the busier you get, the faster you're going to learn because you have to. Um, but it's no different than, you know, if I start doing a radio show down there at KXNO this week, I don't know how to do the commercial reads. Ex right, like, exactly. You know, all of that all stuff. That stuff. It, it comes. And I'm sure when you first started doing radio, you probably had a lot of the same thoughts. Yeah. You know, especially when you were doing oh, pro producing. 100%. Like, Man, there's you, a lot of buttons here. You go into every show thinking, oh, this is the one I'm going to screw up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is the one where they find out I'm an, I, I, I don't know what I'm doing. And then over time, you finally kick your feet up and you go, oh, wait a minute. I can, I can do this blindfolded. Yeah, I, I got this. So... So, yeah, you're off to a roaring start for someone that doesn't even have their license. Well, I'm, I'm trying, man. That's the idea here is uh, it, it help as many people as we possibly can and let people know what uh, we're doing at Charterhouse. So. so, yeah, so we're excited for that. So do you have any, uh, any fear, any apprehension about the actual exam you've got coming up? I do, man. I'm, yeah, I have a lot of fear about it because I'm such a bad test taker. It's just been so long, and I, I figured that out as I've been doing all of the online stuff that uh, – uh, I'm a really slow reader because I haven't, I read a lot for my job. I mean, I'm reading all the time, but I'm, it's about retention. It's about finding those details and holding on to them. Yeah. And this is a lot more about speed. You got to be able to get through stuff. And that's a, that's a tough one. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm worried about it. I know there are smart people in the office that have had to take the test a couple of times. Um, who, are you, who are you talking about? Just, what? Who? Didn't Bency, you, did, you took it one time and passed it? Who? Jeez. Nate, you took it one time and passed it? See, Nate failed it one time. Uh, KK, you took it a couple. You took it a time, didn't you? You took it one time. KK did it once. Maybe I'm crazy. I thought I've, there was... I've taken it four or five times, Ross. Well, you've had to, right, <laughs> to, re to renew every couple years. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah. Have you ever failed it? Uh, when I first started, which was 15 years ago, I don't recall. Um, this time, so every three years, you have to renew your license. Mm -hmm. Most people do that uh, via continuing education classes, right. or you can retake the test. This past year, um, there's a state and a national portion. I went in and I passed them. Um, first time, the three years before that, I had passed the state or the national, I don't remember, and filled the other one by one question. Okay. Went back the next day or two days later and passed it. Yeah, so, so again, man, so there's, you know, outside, I guess, of Bensi, who's just a super achiever. Uh, Bensi's our resident genius. Yeah, and KK, who did it, uh, her first time, too. Um, KK, well, almost, KK almost got kicked out, though, for blowing her nose, so... True, true story. Man, everybody tells me these horror stories about this place you have to go to take the test. So I, KK can come on here and tell her own story if she wants to, but um, it's the, the testing center where you take this is pretty rigid in their rules. They, you can't have hooded sweatshirts on. You can't have hats on uh, because people cheat. Right. They put answers in their hoods or, or whatever. Um, you're not supposed to take... Uh, Kleenex in, you're not supposed to, they provide you, I think, with a sheet of scratch paper, you know, a special pencil, whatever. Yeah, but, but, K, but KK, so keep in mind, the testing center is in, like, the third floor of this very vanilla-looking office building, slow elevator, whatever, and the last time KK took her test, she said she had left the building, was in her car, was driving, and a lady comes flying out. Was it, KK, was it Kleenex or scratch paper? She, KK, she came running after KK because she thought KK had kept her scratch paper. 
that maybe she could have written notes on or something and passed it to somebody else. So this this woman, who was kind of an older woman, I think, had apparently flown down three flights of stairs, run outside, and was chasing KK's car over a scratch paper, Ross, just to let you know that you take it kind of serious in this in this building. So no shenanigans out of you. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. I'll do it. May I use the potty, ma'am? Do you remember the movie Spies Like Us? Yeah. Vince, if you've seen Spies Like Us, you'd be the only one. Nate and KK, whatever. 80s, yeah, but in that, uh, they're they're testing for the FBI, mm-hmm. and Chevy Chase figures out about 50 different ways to cheat, to, to sneak yep. his answers. In. He has, like, a broken arm, and he's yep. got the answers written inside the cast. And yep. Yeah. He has an eye patch on. There's all sorts of stuff. That reminds I'll, I'll me. I'll figure something like, out. None, none of us are completely proud of all of our past. There's not a human out there that says, I did it all perfectly. That's ridiculous. But there, there, of- there, there's a couple of things. You look back and regret some uh, some certain things. I was having a conversation with my eight-year-old the other day uh, who's a great kid. I'm biased as hell, but he's one of the greatest kids ever. He's just got a sweet personality and uh, he's nice to people and all of that stuff. And we were having a conversation, not because he did it, but just a prep conversation uh, about shoplifting. And that's something that I had my phase where I was the middle school age where I lived close to North Grand Mall up in Ames and would go over there with buddies and steal stuff. Why? Because it was something to do. It was You weren't even stealing stuff you wanted. It was like trinkets and stuff from stores to see if you could get away with it. And you'd leave the mall and you'd throw it in the dumpster. I mean, the stupidest stuff ever, which a lot of kids do. So I was having this conversation with them about, you don't do that because the owners of the store worked hard to have a store and you're cheating them and all of that. Um so an example of things I did in my youth, but there were also a couple of examples where, you know, you just didn't study for the test and you got to get through it. Right. It, and it, if you went to college, you know, many people, myself included that, that sometimes you have to come up with creative ways yeah, <laughs> to get, to get it done. Right. I remember a meeting specifically in a dorm room. I don't know whose dorm room it was, but there's like 16 guys crammed to this dorm room that were all worried about the exact same final. And we're like meeting for an hour and a half on how to get this thing done. You know, I hope Iowa State doesn't make me get back the degree at this point. They might. I think it's in my basement somewhere if they need it. But it's just, come you, get it. you know, misspent youth, man. It's like. Did you ever get caught? Did you ever get caught stealing the stuff? Uh, never did. I remember nope. being about six I was fast. I was fast, Ross. That's why. I remember being I a speed. little kid, six, seven years old. Yeah. And stealing a matchbox car from Hy-Vee. And my mom, find, when we got back home, my mom finding the matchbox and taking me back to the store yeah. and making me ask for the manager and making me tell the manager what I had done through sobbing eyes and yeah. you know, a wailing cry. I apologized to the manager. I ended up working at that high V yeah. you know, ten years later. My wife I, can, I remember that as you said that, I can remember my mom a little, a little maroon Mazda matchbox car. I remember it was an RX seven. I can remember it. Clear, very clear. What was it about that one that you I, had to I have? Don't know. In your I don't know. And I don't even know that I had to have it. I think it was kind of like what you said. I think it was more of like an I asked for it. Mom said no, and I thought I bet I can get this thing home anyway. Yeah, I bet there's a way. And then my mom found it when we got home, and we didn't even unpack the groceries. We we got back in the car and drove back. Yeah, I store. mean that that's one of the things I look back in my past and actually do have regret about. Like I'm not the type that regrets yeah. a whole lot. You know, we're human. We err. We've um, had this I'm conversation. Like, Man, that was stupid. This is a fun one to have with people, Mark. Are are your regrets something that you did or something you didn't do? Because for a lot of people, they their biggest regrets that they think of are yeah. something they didn't do. Now it's not fair that you can you can rephrase something and it turns from something you did into something you didn't do. I uh, so for me, I think the answer is pretty clear. Um, and I totally get how this is a different answer for everybody. So let's assume fast forward 30 years and I'm on my deathbed, hopefully that long. Um, and I'm thinking back, right? I don't think I'm going to be the guy that regretted what I didn't do. Because, yep. you know, I, I don't want to paint a picture. Hey, look how rich Mark is. That's not the case. But if I want to go take the no, trip, Mark, it's if I want to take that. the trip, you, you, you know, are, I'll take the trip. I'll do. You're a risk taker in more I, ways. Yeah, I, I, I am. I feel like I've done a lot, but I don't have a great desire to do a whole lot more than I'm currently doing. There's my, some places. My regrets are, 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 are I think very, things that I've done. Obviously, the things I've done. And I, I'm not. I haven't been on trips and things like that, but it's just, I think when you... Uh, I think it's conversations. Yeah. You had a conversation with yeah. someone, you said something that you regretted to somebody, you yeah. didn't treat someone. 
I try to treat people well, but I, you know, and consistently, I you think s- I probably you do screw that. Up, man, we're all humans. But you know, you you, you snapped at your kid once. Mm-hmm. You're whatever that happens to be. Um, so for me, I think it's the stuff that I've done. Now, as you get older, you try not to do any of those things anymore. Right. So you don't have to have right. those regrets. Um, and that's just about treating people with respect, it's just and not always- not shoplifting yeah. and not cheating on tests and all of those things. Um, and that's the thing I got to remind myself. I look at my my eight year old, who I just said is you know a great kid. He's gonna screw up. Like I have to remind myself, there's gonna come a time where he screws up. Now, hopefully, it's yeah. a small one, but I got to take it easy on him when he does it, because I, I did that times ten. I yeah. I did. I was never the super, super, super bad kid. You know, my parents don't have to be ashamed of, of me based off of this podcast. Well, they might be at some point during this podcast. <laughs> You're about yeah. promised that In fact, I, ho- I hope that they don't listen. Um, but uh, no, I, I think I'm pretty clear cut on, on that answer. Yeah. And like when you think about... It's an interesting one to have with people because most people, it's stuff they didn't do. Like, um, you know, they would say, well, I didn't go to college or I didn't... You know, I didn't do this thing. Yeah. I didn't ask the girl out. I didn't do, but I'm... Uh, well, it's and, always, and maybe it's because I look at my life and I'm like, okay, I met my wife at a young age. So I didn't uh, have to worry about you're, that. You're I went overthinking to, it, Mark. I don't, th- I don't you think are. I am, though. You are, what are your because ma- what not, are your major ones? No, what, it's not. What I'm saying Give me your is, top five categories. You're You're trying to go through... You're going through like the specifics of your life, and, and I don't think that it's even that, uh, that but here, deep. But, okay, uh, let me give you a top five. Tell me if you agree or disagree with this. Okay. The top five things people could look back on their life and regret not doing. Okay. Okay. Because there's only so many things in life we're going to do. Right. You can say something like skydiving, but that's a one-off. That's like a small thing. Okay. So it would be something related to a woman. Okay. Just a love. Don't even say women because that a, makes it. A love. Okay. Yep. It might be something related to education slash schooling. Yeah. Um, where Vac- you, vacation where, trips. Where, where you live. Okay, yeah. where you settle down, where you live, um, what you do for a career. Yeah, career is a big one, I think. Et cetera. Yeah, people, okay. Because a big one is I didn't follow my dreams. And maybe some trips. Okay, yeah. so let's put those those five. I would say your four and five are the two biggest ones that I hear from people. So it's, the, it's, it's, it's occupation and travel. So when I look back, I say, okay, do I regret who I'm married to, who I who I love? No, I have three beautiful kids out yeah. of it. So so no, that would be a no. Most people don't. I start. Most I st- people don't do love because I started, they found love somewhere in their life. Yeah. So I started the business that I wanted to start. Right. I've taken the vacations that I want to take minus Europe, which I'll, I'll go to Europe at some point. Um, haven't been there, want to go there. Um, Iowa. I'm okay with Iowa. I'm not going to look back and regret that I didn't go live in California or Phoenix or whatever. Like, Iowa's a great place, in my opinion. Winters can suck, but other than that, so be it. So my point to you is, when I look back, what, what's the piece that I'm going to feel like I missed? out on i'm just trying to enjoy the pieces that i've already put in place right and this and that's why i said you're overthinking it because you are you're a risk taker i mean we had this conversation yesterday about gambling we've had that talk a lot that i don't gamble and you do yeah um and that's a a, it's something that's different about our personalities you're gonna regret you you didn't gamble you no no that's not gonna be it i should have placed 10 bucks on iowa state because even though i don't gamble with my money like you do i still am a risk taker i still do a lot of things that um you know a lot of people would think are don't make a lot of financial sense yeah but it is uh it's the life i like it's the it's the buzz that i enjoy in in, you know just like you're gambling so you're a risk taker it's it's not about the you're gonna do the things yeah that's my i guess my bigger point and the the way to cut through the noise you're gonna do the things most people aren't going to and so that's why at the end of their life or even now in their midlife, it's, man, the things I didn't do. Now, like living someplace is one of those, it's just how you phrase it. Because you could say, well, my regret is I didn't leave Iowa. Yeah. Or you can say, is my regret is I did stay in Iowa. Sure. It's, it's, it's sure. the same thing. You're just but do you think that feeling towards the end of your life is more applicable to the non-risk takers? Yes, I do. Yeah, because I think hence it's... Hence why I, maybe I don't feel it as yeah, much That's as exactly else. what I'm saying. That's exactly why, why we don't or why our, our regrets are the things we did because you look back and go, oh, if I could have done that differently. I just, I guess yeah, I... Mine are exactly what you said. Mine are conversations I've had with people, relationships I've ruined in some stupid way, yeah. a joke that I thought would be funny at the time yeah. and ended up uh, hurting a friend's feelings. Um, yeah, those are like the things that keep me up at night. 
Really? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Things I've said ten years ago. Uh, we were talking earlier with e- Ben about how- even after reaching out and apologizing, are yep. you skipping that step? Yeah. Why do you still care after you've tried to make it right? I don't know. That's all you can do. Because I think it's a don't do it again survival instinct. I think it's my brain like remember not to do this. This to is people. what's funny because I've been around you for three years, four years at this point. I think we're pretty good friends. Um, you like me enough to come work here. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Um, I'm learning. I've not, I've not <laughs> ever seen the side of you that you've described that comes out to other people. Really? And maybe I'll never will. I don't know. But uh, you've said, you know, you've told KK, KK, at some point we're going to get into it. You know? It's oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's I like, fight so with friends. It, it's just, uh, and I, I, I hope I'm here to see that. That's two honey badgers. Don't care. And <laughs> <laughs> I've told in, in that instance, the, the man. Bad, good the, luck. Here, hey, I know her really well. Good luck. The thing that might bud. be unfair is that my wife is a lot like KK, so I'm used to sparring with the honey badger. I don't know. I don't know KK's husband. Yeah. Travis. Travis. Is he a lot like me? Is he a fighter? Is he a no? No, Travis is a nice so guy. So in that's the, world. the thing that worries me about KK is if she's worried, if she's used to fighting with somebody that's a pushover. I wouldn't say he's a pushover. He's just a nice guy. Okay. She's just looking. She didn't have headphones to defend yeah, him. She's, right. He's a very we're very not, nice. We're not guy. attacking him by any means. He's one of those guys you can't attack. He's just a nice guy. I mean, it's like, what's he, the worst thing you can say to, about Travis? I'm like, have there to isn't be to put one. Up with her. I mean, there there really isn't one. I don't know. I don't like his shirt. Yeah, there you go. That's that's about it, man. Yeah. That's all you can say. So anyway, that's uh, that's always a fun one to have. So um, there, we, there we go, John Wayne, and uh, and now welcome to Jump the Shark. Mistakes. This is what we're doing. All right, we actually have an agenda today. Let's do it. We're going to talk about um, a couple of things that you and I both are into. By the way, um, you you more so than me. There's no question that you are a fan of the documentary. Love, yeah, almost. But I am, but I am too. And and one of the things that we wanted to do on this show is uh, share things that we like. I think you and I are both uh, what I call recommenders. Um, <laughs> and what I mean, I mean, we'll give our opinions. Absolutely. Yeah. So here's um, talk about a, a, a division in life, right? You just talked about the people that regret versus won't regret, etc. Um, we have recommenders and non-recommenders in life. Okay, I'm a recommender. I'm I'm a I'll explain this. I'm a unifier and I'm a recommender. Okay. So what I mean by this is when I meet Ross and I think Ross is a good dude, I think Nate needs to hear about that. And I, that's why my Vegas group came together. I knew individuals and I said, I want them to know each other. Right. If I have a good friend that's coming over for the night, I'm going to think of other friends to come over. Mm -hmm. Right. But I know friends are like, Oh, I can't do anything tonight. I got a buddy over at the house. They just shut the door. Like, yeah. you're not invited. Right. Hell no. You know, it's just me and the buddy, right? I'm the opposite. I'm, all, I'm always looking for who else to include, okay? So unifier, invite, or whatever. The other one is a recommender, okay? This is you have a good experience with a business. You see a good movie. You have a good meal. You tell people. Yeah, I'm, I'm big About it, that. right? Yep. Those are our best clients in real estate. Mm. Those are the ones you hold on to like grim death, my friend, because they're <laughs> going to tell people. Ross, call Ross. Ross was great, et cetera. You might provide A plus, can't possibly beat service to another client that never tells a soul about it. Why? They're not the type. They just don't do it. So you and I are both recommenders in that when it comes to something like a documentary, we tell other people about it. Yeah. Because we, we want them to experience it. Mark, I literally have seen, I think I'm over 200 that I could, that I can actually review, that I can on. By sight, remember the the documentary. Tell you what I think about it. Um, tell you what the cool parts are, what, yep. the, what the dumb parts are. And so I, I, and I love this because a lot of people reach out to me and they're like, "Hey, man, I want, I'm looking for something to get me through." Blah blah blah. And uh, so I've always got. Usually, it's what genre do you like? Is there a yeah. specific topic that you like? Because I've probably seen something that will will pertain to your interest. So if you don't like documentaries and have no interest in uh watching any of them then then, uh thanks for joining us today (laughs) (laughs) we'll see you next week uh if you like a good recommendation this is the point where you grab that pen and a piece of paper and start writing some things down so ross and i each have a list here um no particular order for me what i will tell you is that i believe all of these are on netflix i tried to find stuff that i've seen that i really enjoyed on netflix because i feel most people have netflix at this point 
Um, or you should be able to find these. If they're not on Netflix, maybe an Amazon Prime, but these, I are, these actually are not went tough through, to find. I actually went through my list, uh, Mark, and f- went through Netflix to find out which ones were there and which ones weren't. So I've got uh, okay. I've got it broke down specifically for Netflix. So, so let's just do it back and forth. And I know my list is going to have some of the same ones. If we do, I'll just uh, no, uh, join, join you in your praise for this particular documentary. But go ahead and throw out one um, that you really enjoyed and just give a synopsis, if you can, of what it was about. Uh, well, the one that I uh, – did you want to talk about Sugar Man? Because I don't want to steal any of the ones that you have written down. I, I, but this I, is what kind of started this between us, was you asked me for the best documentary I watched last year. Yeah. And I, and I did kind of lie to you and cheat. I didn't just give you – because I hadn't seen Searching for Sugar Man in 2019. I saw it probably in 2017 or 2018. But it is. This is what I would say. Talk it up because I'm halfway through it. So you can oh, give a synopsis. Dude. You can give a synopsis of this thing without. Well, this, this even, is why this is my favorite documentary of all time because it is, uh, it's a it's a human nature story that actually has a really good ending, which normally these don't. Normally, when you really start talking about how humans treat each other. As we all know, that gets ugly and messy, and those turn into yeah. real. And I've got a, a lot of examples of, of documentaries that are the exact same, of just stories about how we treat each other, and they're really nasty and dirty and gross. Sure. And this is not one of those cases. It's got those elements in it, like every human story does. Yep. But it has an awesome payoff at the end. And it is, it's a great story of human beings that had nev- never met each other, lived across the world from each other, halfway around the world, literally, and to kind of solve uh, f- to solve a puzzle, to so solve to speak. A, yeah, good way to put it. Like they just uh, um, th- this guy's name is Sexto Rodriguez. You maybe have heard that name because, and I'm not trying to spoil any part of the movie here, but he's been here in Des Moines. He's been at Hoyt Sherman Place. I saw him perform a couple years ago. Um, he was a musician, a Bob Dylan esque songwriter a lot in of the people 60s thought better than, than some Dylan. people did and when you hear these i know that sounds crazy the songs like, are good by the way the documentary yeah. has a ton of his songs in it and i i would say i'm not a dylan fan but i was listening to his music i'm like i could i like this music. yeah i completely agree with i you. think and he's I, good i really like dylan i like that uh, beat generation i'm a big uh, kerouac guy and um, he fits into all of that i mean he how he didn't become famous during that time in america is a fascinating story all on its yeah. own. He's an Asian man with the name Sexto Rodriguez. So he really And he goes no, by, if you want the album, he goes by Rodriguez. Right. That was that was the name. So yeah, Hispanic name, Asian look, singing American music. It didn't fit in the 60s when your other options were Bob Dylan and the When I was listening the to Partridge him, like, family, the, like this. The song that came to mind immediately because I would describe his, his uh, style as storytelling. Yeah, was, very much. Was the song The Hurricane? Great. Yeah, and it even kind of has that same... That's what I was feeling. Good way to put it. I would not never thought of Hurricane. I mean, I, there are so many Dylan comparisons to this guy. Yeah. But the to cut through a lot of the noise here, he was a famous musician in South Africa. And... Hailing, he, hailing from Detroit. Hailing from Detroit. Now, I, again, I don't because it's one of my favorite documentaries of all time, I would really just encourage people to go see it, and it's on Netflix right now. It's less than two hours. I'm Mark. You you really should sit and get through this, because it's just such a good story, and it's real. Like that's the great thing about documentaries. Yeah. It's not something that's fake, and you don't walk away and go, "Man, if that happened, wouldn't that be amazing?" You walk away from this and go, "That is so cool that human beings went this extra mile and did all this extra stuff." And uh, he's an amazing figure in time. I mean, this guy is just a. Uh, uh, when they say they don't make them like this anymore, Rodriguez is what they're talking about. It's it's a fantastic movie. So I did not know he had been to Des Moines. That's interesting. Yeah, I interviewed to him. Me. I had it, it's, okay. and I will tell you, it is his ba- based his, off the documentary. Yes, email. Okay. His concert was the worst concert I've ever been to, and his my interview with him was the worst interview I've ever done in my life. Why is that? He is old, and as you will learn through the documentary. He's had a rough life, not drug related. It's nothing. Yeah. He's just an older guy now, man. Yeah. He's in his. He's was the concert old bad because of his age? Yes, he just doesn't play as, yeah, and sound just, as well. Exactly. Yeah, he, um, had struggled with playing the guitar. Struggled with keeping up the time. Struggled with hitting notes. Yep. Remembering the words, all of it. And, oh wow. Yeah. How, what was the crowd like for that? Uh what's Hoyt Sherman hold? Three thousand. 
2,500, something like that, it seems it's like. not huge. It's not yeah. big. I would say there were probably 2,000 people there. Okay. Yeah. Probably mostly Four people that, that saw the documentary. Everybody that was there had seen the documentary, okay. without a doubt. It was, it, when you look this thing up, it was like, it won major awards. Yeah. I mean, it was a documentary Well, when you year. told it to me, I just certainly heard the name. Yeah. There's no question about it. That didn't surprise me that you had recommended that. But no, I'm halfway through. Kids got in the way the other night, but I plan to finish it. Okay. Well, well most of yours are... Um, Good feeling. I'm going the other way with most mine. Maybe it's just I like the whole crime genre, maybe of documentaries, etc. But uh, I'm going to start the list with one called uh, The Voyeur. Um, oh, the, dude, what a good one. This That's is off the wall. This is a reminder to people that this is an adult-themed show, uh, by the way. Yeah. So not, we haven't said anything explicit, but some of these documentaries, just on what they deal with. So the synopsis of The Voyeur is it is about a uh, real-life... Um, confessed voyeur who likes to watch people have sex. His name is Gay. No, that's the journalist. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Gay, Gay Solis. Gay Solis, who was very famous in the 60s and 70s for writing about sex. And but he had sex with his subjects for the book. I mean, he put himself in the book crazy. that he wrote, Married, et cetera. Married guy convinced his wife that he needed to have sex with a bunch of women around New York City and men, I think. For, if I remember for right, the book. For the sake of writing a book about sex. Yeah, yeah. So good luck trying that one with your wife. I'm writing a book. This is for the book. So the voyeur um, revolves around a guy who's, like I said, a confessed voyeur. He, he likes watching people have sex. It went back to, um, I think his aunt was lived in a house across the street from him, and first time he peeped in her window and saw her undressing. That's where it all started. The guy's very, 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 very open about this. He's not shameful. His voyeurism. Yeah. yeah. He's, he, he doesn't find any shame in it. It's yeah. just human sexuality to him. And this guy intentionally set out to find a hotel, that he could purchase. Or motel. Yeah. Motel, yeah. But it needed to be shaped in a certain way. So he could um, construct a catwalk up above the ceilings of the hotel room. So basically in the attic space. Imagine any roadside motel. Anybody that's listening to this podcast, Mark, has seen a ranch-style motel. Oh, yeah. They still exist a, today. Adjoining rooms, maybe 10 or 20 in a sure. block. And they all have one common roof line. Yep. And he went in and created a catwalk in the peak of that roof line yep. and basically made a little apartment up above everybody's hotel room and had access to watch each individual room. So in he, he cut holes in vents or something to that fact. And he would go room to room and he would watch people. And obviously a lot of people aren't having sex in hotel rooms. But what's interesting about the guy is, um, and he admits he, he did it for sexual purposes, yeah. but he also considers himself a researcher. Yes, on a, on a deep level, he would take notes of what sexual positions they used. Did the woman orgasm? Did the man orgasm? How long did they have sex for? Et cetera. Did, did they have sex? What did, did they, it, what did they talk about if they didn't have sex? Detailed before, notes. I, it was crazy. It's a, uh, he, he looked at it as a, an exercise in human psychology. And yes. really, it is the movie. It, it, from on a different aside level. from the fact that he would masturbate, Ross, <laughs> so I mean, I, that, that kind of took it out of the experimental. You are, you, you're absolutely right about that. Yeah. It, 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 there's no doubt about this that this is a creepy one. But I almost put Voyeur on my list of ones from last year, just because it was so interesting. I it didn't I didn't put it on even yeah. on my list of honorable mentions, but it was one I remember seeing. And as I was scrolling through these last night, I stopped for a second and went, "Wow." It was fascinating. I didn't. I wouldn't consider it a great documentary, or even maybe a really good one. But it's uh, it's certainly intriguing. Like you watch. If you're the type that hears these stories and immediately gets skeeved out and has no interest, then you're going to hate this documentary. But if you're the type of person that just wants to try to better understand humans, that's a good way to put it, man. This this is one that I think you'll find at least interesting. Um, and it and it goes more than just him. It like the the journalist gets involved yeah, with, with, with the story. Yeah, comes in. And, and, um, the, and by the, the way, the authorities get involved yeah. in the story. So it definitely goes places and holds your attention the whole time. Yeah, good one. That's a great one. All yeah, right, good job. What do you got? Uh, you know, what? I, uh, I I'm I'm going to put my list away because now you're just going to lead me into all these other ones. Uh, I have talked about Icarus, but Icarus is a lot like Voyeur in that it's more just about human nature. And how people related to doping? It, it correct? is related to doping. The, the first half of the documentary is really strange. It's actually I have seen this one. By it's the about way. a guy that wants to be a competitive cyclist, and he's nearing the end of his career. He's kind of late thirties, early forties. 
not able to really compete at that top level anymore that he used to do. And so he decides, I'm going to go for broke. Why not? I'm going to see what's, what's possible. What it actually does. If I go and do this entire doping regime, what will happen to my body at, at the age of 40, whatever? And so the second you'll, half of the documentary... You'll get better. <laughs> do. Well, the second half of the documentary... because So the first half of the documentary is him competing, him trying to figure out what he wants to do, trying to find his way into this, this world. This is the one that involves the Russian, correct? The second half of this documentary is a must-watch. If you've even had an opinion about the Russian doping scandal in the yeah. Olympics, you need yeah. to see this thing. It's fantastic. The guy that orchestrated the Russian team, the state-sponsored doping scandal... The guy that orchestrated that lays out the details of it. I mean, blueprints of buildings and holes they cut in walls and how they swapped out samples mm -hmm. and ways to cycle on and off of steroids. And so that's, a, that, again, just a peek into human nature and what people are willing to do to achieve those uh, desires, man. And if your desire is to be the best cyclist in the world, you're going to cut holes in vents to do it. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I think all of these are a bit of a study in human nature. Right. I mean, they just are. Um, and again, there's a dark yeah. side to human nature, as we'll talk about here and a few others that I like. Uh, my next one on the list that held my attention, um, also on Netflix, is one called Evil Genius. I don't know if you saw this one. This revolves around a specific crime. When I stumbled upon this documentary, something about it seemed familiar to me, and I remembered that I had seen this on a show um, probably some crime show that I'd watched on TV. This revolves around, I believe it was in the Pittsburgh area where this happened. I watched this probably over a year ago. Um, this is about a pizza delivery guy that oh, robs a, that robs a bank. Well, robs a bank. Yes. Okay. Says that um, he was forced to do it and had an explosive device. Yeah, I do. I've um, seen this around before. his neck, yeah. locked around his neck. And this is all in the news, and you got to watch the whole documentary because there's so much more to this. This is just the start of this thing. And the cops confront him, uh, pull him over. They got him sit, sitting in a parking lot, and he's telling the cops, listen, there's a bomb on my neck uh, with a timer that's set to go off. And they're not real sure what to do. And then, you know, 25 minutes later, whatever, the bomb explodes, kills the guy. Okay. There is video footage of this. Benji would say, of course, I've seen it. This stuff doesn't bother me all that much. It just doesn't. There's video footage of this because the news was recording yeah. when this happened. So this it is... It happened in 2003. I think mo a lot of people would remember the pizza bomber or the collar bomb. Yeah. There, there was a couple different names this thing had. So this yeah. is about, was this guy involved? Was he truly kidnapped? Um, who was responsible for it? And a lot of characters start to enter mm. this story. So it's a who who did it? Very good one. Type that, of scenario. That if for true crime, uh, evil genius is fantastic. I put a couple on my list, Mark, that would fit into that true crime yep. genre. Uh, the two that I've seen most recently that I liked a lot were called Dream Killer. Haven't seen that one. Okay, Dream Killer is another famous uh, crime. You will when you see the characters involved with this, specifically the main young man that is accused of murder. Um, you'll recognize him. He's a really good-looking guy. He's been on TV a lot in the last four or five years. And, and, and again, don't want to spoil too much of it, but you might see him and instantly know what the end of this story is going yeah. to be. Uh, if not, Evil Genius is a really good one to watch, and it's, it's a, a true crime about our, our system, how screwed up it can be. Um, and the other one is called Long Shot. That, again, both of these are available on Netflix. I haven't seen that one either. Long Shots, if I remember right, about 45 minutes. Really easy watch, quick. And it involves Larry David. Okay. From Curb Your Enthusiasm. Okay. So this one, again, about our criminal justice system kind of being screwed up. Oh, you know what? I think I have seen Kid this one. Is I, I, I know what you're talking about. Accused of a murder that happened within a half hour of an L.A. Dodgers baseball game mm -hmm. ending. When he's and there are eyewitnesses that say Mark Charter did this. He's the guy that came yeah. into this neighborhood, walked into this yard, pulled this trigger. We all saw him. Yep. And he, when they finally get the young man, he says, "It couldn't be me. I was at the Dodgers game that night." And they say, "Prove it." Well, he finds his ticket stub. I I never keep a ticket stub. Yeah. He finds his ticket stub in his house and says, "See, I was there." 
And the court and the cops say, that's not enough proof. You could have gone and bought a ticket sure. and then went and killed this guy and, and thought you had yeah. an alibi. He's arrested. He is in jail. And his attorneys are scouring through the Dodgers footage. stadium. Yeah, well, not even footage. They're scouring through uh, Dodgers stadium to see if there is any record that is kept about guest services or anything. Is there a credit card receipt that shows that he purchased something? And they find in there that HBO had filed to have cameras at Dodger Stadium during that game. Yep. They were filming an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. And it, it, in the long shot that he would appear in, in the a Curb Your Enthusiasm footage, they actually get the footage and he shows up in it. And it's a, But it, even knowing all of those details, it's a really good documentary. It's a yeah. fun one to watch. No, I forgot. I Maybe I forgot the title of that one, but that was – and I had seen the episode. I, yeah. I knew specifically when that story came out. I'm like, yeah, I remember when they were in Dodger Stadium. All right. Um, the weirdest one – I'm looking at my list here. Um, I'm comfortable saying this. The weirdest one on my list – was one I think we we maybe talked about on a past forecast episode when we used to do that one, is a documentary called Abducted in Plain Sight. Yeah. That's a series. This one is, well, this is, I don't know if there is a series now, but this one is is the documentary um, that I watched. This is about um, the neighbor. The neighbor who's a family friend who ends up abducting a, a daughter. Am for I crazy? I was thinking that that it's an actual two-hour thing because I was thinking yeah. that there was a series. Yeah, Man, maybe okay. maybe there's a series of the same name potentially. Um, this one will have you scratching your head multiple times throughout it. It is just a ninety-minute. I was with, thinking it was a, a series. With Mark, the the stupidity of the people involved, um, how naive they are, some of the things they do, um, some of the things they believe, uh, you will. There, there will come a moment where you're going to say, I cannot believe what they, what they did. And then there, even after that, there's going to come another moment that even tops it. Okay. This one will have you, um, people say like the brain is capable of amazing things and we only use, you know, 10% of it. These people are using 0% of their brain. This is painfully frustrating. Abducted yes. in plain sight is yes. if you're a parent, it is really hard to watch. Nearly impossible because it is... These people are so dumb. These people are continually taken advantage of by a predator. Their entire family falls victim to it, and they just—they are moths to the flame. It is, it is shocking how these people continue to go back and get torched in horrible ways. Their lives ruined by this family friend, and it's over and over and over again. It, shows, it, it also it, shows oh. the power of brainwashing. Yeah. When you understand a victim mentality and say, well, I don't understand why a victim wouldn't say stuff, um, they get brainwashed, man. They get brainwashed. They believe something bad's going to happen if they do come clean and tell the truth. So that one is called Abducted in Plain Sight. It's a very interesting watch. It's not an easy watch because, again, you want to punch your television. So watch, yeah, it, right. watch it on an old TV if you need to. Uh, one that's kind of in that same vein about getting brainwashed, uh, you and I have talked about the Tony Robbins it's on, on my, is, on my it, list. Okay, yep. but that's yep. not. I'm, I'm, this one is called Bikram, okay. but it kind of has that same subtitle uh, because it's it is Bikram, yogi, guru, con man. I think is how it's it's phrased, uh, and and the Tony Robbins one is I'm not. I am your, not your guru. I'm not your guru. Yep. Bikram is the guy that brought yoga to the United States. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it's even called, for a long time it was called Bikram Yoga. Now it's called Hot Yoga. Uh, but it, it is, this guy claimed to be all sorts of things that he was not mm -hmm. and was able to con his way into the millionaire lifestyle in LA. And even in the face of being found to be a sexual predator and a total con man and just an outright creep and a liar, this guy still is uh, an industry worth billions of dollars all in his name alone and is still skating around the world despite having several criminal charges mm -hmm. uh, leveled against him. He is uh, he's a guy that's out there skating around still and uh, and scamming the world. And I, for some reason, these these stories, because they frustrate me, they fascinate Reminds me of uh, old local radio hosts and the yeah, things, that, you will absolutely, <laughs> the things yeah. that they can get away right. with. Um, this is not my list, but I just, it popped in my brain. I just wondered if you ever seen the one called, um, I believe it's called super Mensch. 
about a music producer. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yep. I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head, but he's the one that introduced uh, chefs to TV when that became a thing. Like we have cooking shows yep. now, but on top of that, just knows everybody. So that's another one. If you're listening, add to your list, Super Minch. I'm not sure if that's on. Um, and for people that don't know what Minch is, it's a, a Jewish word for a really good guy, right? I don't yeah. know if you know that, yeah. but yeah. he's a mensch. Sounds like a derogatory term, but honestly, not at all. when you say that, but it's not. You're a good guy. Okay, my next one, I think you have this one, Ross, and this is probably, um, talk about good trailers. I love a good trailer. Like, when you watch a trailer and you're like, man, I'm excited to see that. Like, this documentary had a great trailer to it that I think I saw in the movie theater, actually. Not the documentary, but the trailer for it. Three identical strangers. Love this documentary. So, it's, so uh, this th- this has been on my when I send people three or four recommendations, I yeah. put this on there because it's on Hulu right now. So this one I would describe in in one sentence. This is a documentary about nature versus nurture, hundred percent, and how much of a role that has in your life. Now, obviously, three identical strangers practically gives away what it's about. In a nutshell, um, it is about. Three identical twins um, that are raised under different Se- circumstances. Separated at birth. Don't know about each yeah. other for almost all of their life up until their college. teens. College, yep. college age. And the things you learn, again, it's like shaking your head type stuff, right? This one goes down a road of scientific experiments and um, what lengths people will go in the, in the, the name of learning about us. Um, even if they have to not, not actually, but sacrifice some people to, to do it. I would say, I mean, not literally as far as killing them, but, um, they sacrificed human lives that they, they manipulated on an undoable level. They manipulated human lives and, uh, ruined a couple. Yeah. This is a an amazing documentary because it takes that big turn. It's such a heartwarming story at the beginning of it. It's such a fun story about three. And when we say identical, these guys look, they're unique looking. They're good looking guys, but man, they got big afros. They got very distinctive facial features. They're both, or all three of them are very built. I mean, when they're 19, 20 years old, they're Obvi- built like Obviously, I- identical twins have lots of similarities because of the DNA and all yeah. of that. But what's interesting is three identical uh, triplets that grow up apart yeah. and then come together and have the same mannerisms, the same way they cross their legs, the same way they say things. Their all- voice is all the same. A lot of people think that your voice comes from um, you, you, you are imitating your mom and dad. Yeah, and that's why you pick up on these speech patterns. That's why you have the tone of voice you do because sure. you're just parroting the things that you heard when you were a kid. And this is this study that these guys were a part of is one of the things that proves that man, that's all typed in. It's all coded in your DNA. How deep your voice is going to be, which syllables you're going to leave off of words. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. This movie, man, this is such a deep. We could do a, we could talk about this one for two hours, I think, Mark, yeah. because the intentions of what these people, these doctors, they had good intentions. There's this huge question in science about nature versus nurture. Sure, and it, it at in some levels, it's a very important question. When my mom was a psych tech at an adolescent psychiatric ward here in town. And these questions are very important in some fields of medicine about where kids are going wrong and what's going wrong with them. And in an effort to try to get to the bottom of these really deep things, these doctors came up with some horrible methods to try to do it. And one of them was to separate children at birth, twins and triplets in the New York area specifically. And this is a fascinating one also, Mark, but I'm not sure if you've done this. This story evolves like weekly you can get an update about this three perfect strangers thing because they're fighting to find out more details. Sure. All of these groups of twins, more and more twins are being found by the month that were a part of this study. Yeah. And it's, uh, you feel bad. You feel bad to be robbed of your siblings. You know, you didn't have any say over it and you you didn't know they existed for a a big portion of your life. So that one is three identical strangers. Good one. Definitely check that out. Another one that we share in common, Ross, um, going in a completely different direction from where we've been is one called the Don Wall. Yeah. 
This one, yeah, there's a couple. So of climbing let's, let's ones. link two: the Don Wall and Free Solo. Yes, I. In fact, let's put it. There's three again. Uh, it's always fun to do this by category. Mm-hmm. Free Solo is the best of these. Don Wall is a close second, and there's one called Miru. M-E-R-U, which is the third, but still very good. They're all about climbing. Miru is kind of a comeback story. Um, it's got a little bit more rocky in it than yep. these other two. <laughs> I don't mean that to be, yeah. that wasn't meant to be a yeah. pun. All right. the, uh, <sighs> but it starts off with a, a group of, of climbers coming short of their, uh, their desired goal, and then it shows their recovery from that horrible setback yeah. and how they then achieve those goals after that. Don Wall is a totally different story. Don Wall is about these kids that are uh, uh, rock climbing in, is it Afghanistan? Oh, originally, yeah. Um, somewhere overseas yeah. when when there's um, some terrorism Basically, activity. Yeah, they yeah. are like shot off of a cliff wall. They're, 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 they are climbing up this giant whatever you'd call it, monolith, mm-hmm. and um, shots ring out, and, like, bullets are flying next to them as they're, as they're camped out. And, yeah, they are brought down by terrorists and held captive. And it's the story of this couple who climbed together getting out of captivity mm-hmm. and what their lives, how they have, have rebuilt their lives after this moment. Yeah. Uh, that's a fascinating one also. Not quite as edge of your seat it's, it's, as free solo. but It's, human, Wall, it's human spirit yeah, stuff. It's got a different feel. It, it doesn't, it's not the edge of your seat like, the, like Miru and, Don, or and, and free solo are. It's a lot more human nature story. It's a lot more about relationships, how we grow together, grow yeah. apart, the things that cause those... Those magnetic poles. So Free Solo, in a quick nutshell, is about an almost impossible to believe human feat, right? This is uh, a person. Alex Donnell is his name. He's climbing um, essentially a a rock face. Uh, We're not talking mountain climbing that you and I would go do where we're walking up something occasionally you pull yourself up. This is is El Capitan in in Yosemite. this This is a flat straight vertical rock face with teeny tiny cracks to grab. And this guy is climbing, what, a couple thousand feet? Yeah, I think it's like 2,200 feet, something like that. Okay, 2,000 feet straight up with zero safety, zero ropes, nothing. He has, he has talc. So one, one, <laughs> one, has a bag one of talc. slip and he's dead. Yeah. Which is, there's got to be almost, well, the answer is almost nobody and maybe only him that's capable and willing to do this in the entire world. Yeah. This guy is a rare breed. Talk about it is th- um, facing your fears. I mean, good Lord. Or no fear of death. See him? You look at this guy. Oh, he's incredible. Al, this dude is, uh, what he does is, I've never had a documentary that I have been on the edge of my seat that takes your breath away for as long as that one does where you are you just captivated, man. It is impossible to turn away from Free Solo. Such a good thing. And so they, the camera crews basically go and set up all the cameras because, you know, as you're watching this, you are kind of wondering, wait a minute, how are they getting all these shots because yeah. – either maybe there's there's safety gear I'm not seeing or something. But essentially what they did was for weeks ahead of time, guys would repel down from the top down and would set up cameras in all of these incredibly difficult areas so that while Alex was doing this on his own, because he doesn't want to be distracted by seeing somebody, by talking to anybody, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Free free solo is one everybody should take the time to. And to it's watch. one that you oh. know the ending of. He doesn't die. Right. I right. mean, the guy is still out there. He's done interviews, etc. We now, can the guy tell could, you that the guy could die. We can tell you that, and you're still going to be on the edge of your seat watching this. It's incredible. Oh, 100 percent. And by the way, Mark, he's gonna. He very well could. And since that time, I've I've read multiple stories of of rock climbers dying. They're not this guy, but it's an incredibly dangerous thing, yeah. man. Especially with no ropes. That's almost uh, suicidal in a way. All right. Um, what do you have next on your list? The last one I'm going to give you. I've okay. got a, I got a, a, a list that's a thousand long again. But the one that I want to talk to you about today, and I want you to watch, is called Sour Grapes. This one's on Netflix because I have a, I have a list of five that aren't on Netflix, but we'll just stick okay. to Netflix today. Sour Grapes is about the wine industry. Good title. And how one guy 
almost derailed the entire vintage wine industry hmm. one summer. It's a fascinating story about uh, markets okay. and deception. Um, a, a, a guy shows up at some vintage wine auction several years ago, and he's an Asian man, and he has access to these sellers in Asia, all across China and Japan and Thailand, that American wine connoisseurs have not had access to in hundreds of years, mm -hmm. okay? So he's bringing bottles of wine into the American wine market that haven't been seen in decades and are demanding crazy prices, and he's bringing in, them in at such high volume that it's changing the wine market from underneath huge movers and shakers here in America, like the Koch brothers. They yep. make an appearance in this. The Koch brothers. Yep. Are a, are a huge wine kind of There's story. just one now. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But they had, um, at one point, they had, like, the largest private wine cellar collection in, in North America. And they actually take you down there and show you it. It's, it's beautiful. Um, but the guy's name was Rudy. And it's a story about how Rudy single-handedly, almost, came very, very close on, to just destroying this market and changing it forever. On purpose or not on purpose? Uh, on purpose. And okay. you'll find out Why? that it... Um, cause he could and he wanted to. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's very, it's very good interesting. One. Yeah. There's a couple about art that kind of do that same thing with markets. Okay. Um, my favorite one is called, uh, who the, who the F is Jackson Pollock. And I think that's actually what the name of it is. They, okay. don't, they don't spell it out. Who the F is Jackson Pollock is great. Yep. Then the other ones are about Banksy. Okay. Uh, and how saving Banksy is one of them about uh, when, when Banksy actually did a graffiti project in L.A. Yeah. And then the L.A. City Ordinance says that if private property is marked by graffiti, yeah. it's the private, it's the owner of that property's responsibility to cover it up within a certain okay. set amount of time. Okay. Well, let's say Banksy marked your building here. Mark, yep. uh, if you own this building. And Banksy shows up, well, you show up one day, and there is a Banksy painting mm -hmm. on the wall over here. Okay. What's just happened to the value of your building? I would assume it's gone up. It's <laughs> skyrocketed. Yeah. I mean this thing is this thing is skyrocketing. That that those 15 20 pieces of siding that he marked are mm -hmm. worth millions of dollars yeah. overnight. Yeah. And now you have a city ordinance that says you, cover have, to, it up. you have to cover it up. So it, it that is that gets into that story. It's I would uh, the interesting piece of art for people that are recognizing the name Banksy. This was probably about a year ago. Um, there was a piece of art um, for sale at an auction house in New York City mm -hmm. of a girl. I think it was a girl holding a balloon, yep. essentially. This sells at auction, okay, for a lot of money. As it, as it does, the auction continues on, and all of a sudden there's a noise coming from the painting that Banksy had put on the wall. The art, the actual paper that it's painted on, starts coming down through the bottom of the picture frame and going through a paper shredder, <laughs> and it stops about halfway. So now the art is hanging halfway out of the frame. Purchased. Purchased. And the bottom half is shredded. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people have argued it's more valuable that way because it was such a unique. But keep in mind, this was a remote controlled or on a timer that this would happen. Like that's Banksy. He does that, that type of stuff. If you, uh, the third one that, I, that is about Banksy also, but really gets, it's more about what the art industry is, is called Exit Through the Gift Shop, which is, an, uh, I just think, an awesome title yep. anyway. But uh, Exit Through the Gift Shop is uh, about an hour and a half, takes some crazy turns. Banksy is in that, and it starts out being about Banksy, but it's kind of like Icarus. About halfway through, you realize you're watching something you didn't realize yeah, you were watching. It, it's it a, takes it's a, a turn. It's about the art industry, not about Banksy. So a couple more just to uh, quickly mention if you want to put these on your list so we can get out of here and let you guys get on with your day. Uh, a few more that I like. There was one called The American Factory. Yeah, that, uh, was made, that one's produced by the Obamas. The Obamas you know produced it. It yeah. really kind of um, compares uh, cultures of China and America, specifically as it comes to our labor force, mm -hmm. um, how they view their jobs, um, how important they are, what hours we work, et cetera. I found that one fascinating to watch. One that I know we both enjoyed is called Fire, F-Y-R-E. 
Uh, that's about a festival uh, gone a, about as poorly as a festival can go. You can find Firefox or Firefest docs on Netflix or Hulu, and and the Hulu one, which is called Fire Fraud, is actually a better okay better one. Yeah. The one on Netflix but is you fire. Should, should watch both of them because they they both add something. F Y R E is the name of that. Uh, we previously mentioned Tony Robbins. I am not your guru. That is one um, that essentially shows Tony Robbins, who's a Big time coach, business coach, um, life coach, yeah, life coach, um, doing a five day, six day seminar that he does in Florida. Um, and it's just, it's just an interesting look into human beings. Again, um, for me, there were some powerful takeaways out of that one in terms of how we view the world, uh, how we view problems, etc. Um, one that's uh, popular right now is Don't F with Cats. Yep, saw that one too. That's a good one, uh, revolving around a, a real-life murder and internet sleuths yep. is how I would define that one. Um, and lastly, another one, let's end with murder again. There's one called The Staircase mm-hmm. on yeah. uh, Netflix as well, which is How Did the Woman Die? Isn't That that one's a series, right? Uh, no, I think it was a multi-parter. Okay, all right. that's what I that's what I can say. Sorry. sorry Might have been sorry. multi-parter or was longer, but yeah. I think it was multi-parts. But, I think I'm um, through a couple of episodes. That, essentially, that, did the husband kill the wife or did she die in some other way? Or wives. Or, or wives. <laughs> okay. Correct. Correct. So we listed a lot, but hopefully, especially if you're a documentary person, I have no problem saying go watch all of these. I, I oh, think yeah, yeah. You could get there's the, not a, there's not a dud in this bunch. No, not at all. Every one of these we mentioned, you could watch in a week and... Yeah, get through one a night, something like that. I'd, I'm yeah. I'm definitely going to be watching Sour Grapes. Sour Grapes later. is really after good. after I finish searching for sugar. And the other one I want you to write down the seven five because that's about a corrupt police force in New oh. York City in the eighties. Oh yeah, yeah, crazy. Jot, that, jotting down with my pen. The seven five. Is it spelled out, Ross? Or numbers? yes, they have spelled out the seven five. The seven five. All right, everybody. Hopefully. Um, this is not what we do every week. But again, jump the shark. You don't know where we're going week to week. You will have to tune in next week to find out where we go from here. Another episode of Jump the Shark is in the books. Ross and I hope you had fun with us and we made your week a little better. If you love the show, you can help the show. Please subscribe to us wherever it is you listen to your podcast. You can also show some love by telling others about Charterhouse Real Estate. We have made it easy for you to talk about us by charging sellers a lot less commission. They will thank you for giving them our name. We truly appreciate your support, and we will talk to you next week.